Patriots Nation, let me talk to you. Yeah. All right. I'm just, I'm coming off SummerSlam weekend. I was out in Detroit. It was an awesome time. Uh, kind of getting myself ready for the Patriots season. The NFL season was at Ford Field. Being inside an NFL stadium is just getting me ready, excited to go for this upcoming season. Um, you haven't heard much uh, from me for the last two weeks. Two weeks ago was episode 24. This is episode 25 of Babs on the Mic. And I told you two weeks ago about this training camp. I wasn't that excited. And I kind of said there was like no star power. Nothing that's really going to get me going because here's the thing. Day in and day out, I see the stats all over Twitter or X now. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. It's Twitter. So anytime I talk about it, it's Twitter. You, you can't dive into the stats day to day. There's no quarterback competition. You just got to let things flow. I, I said this two weeks ago. We'll get, you know, let's see what happens over a couple weeks and we can reassess. So I have plenty of things to talk about today on this episode. We'll catch up on certain things that happened two weeks ago. Things have just happened recently. But overall, like, I, I, I seen plenty of people go out to training camp and you seen the videos of like, oh, the certain highlights and they, nothing's been that exciting. The excitement is coming now, though. I'm, uh, the excitement is Thursday. It's the first preseason game for the New England Patriots. They're going against the Houston Texans. Next week, the Patriots are going to Green Bay for joint practices. The week after that, it's the Tennessee Titans and Patriots joint practices. That's when we're going to actually see what this team has been made of. So the excitement is starting to creep up for me. I am starting to get excited. And I want to talk more and more and do more things with you. But there really hasn't been much to talk about. There isn't until maybe it's the nerve setting in. Week one is only like a month away. We're so close to week one. And it's such a big game. But these these next 30 days are most important. Because let's, let's just talk about the importance of preseason and the training camp and all that. It's, it's joint practices. It is these preseason games. Last year, when the Patriots had their joint practice against the Carolina Panthers, it was a shit show. Kendrick Bourne gets thrown out. Massive fights going on. The team didn't look good. Then, Mac Jones just plays a little bit in that Carolina game. They look sloppy. And then the big tell was when they went to Vegas last year in the preseason. All week in joint practices, their team looked awful. The Patriots had no offense. The Patriots played in that preseason game. Jared Stidham outperformed Mac Jones. Mac Jones looked horrible. The team just didn't look ready. And then they took that trip down to Miami the week before they played Miami. And it just... You could just tell going into those 30 days that it felt like it was going to be a long season. Now, the last two weeks, there's been a little bit. We'll get into it. We'll talk about it. But there hasn't been enough of a needle mover to get me excited. But the excitement's going to start coming up. You're going to start seeing it over the next two two weeks. And again, it's the joint practices are the most important. I'm going to keep stressing that because that's going to tell you this is what the team has currently right now. Especially when you're 30 days out. And then you'll be 20 days out and then 10 days out against the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that just went to the Super Bowl. As of right now, I, I, it's just a lot of optimism, it, a little excitement. You're seeing the offense starting to click. You're seeing the defense kind of coming together. We'll get to, all into that right now. So I want to go back to like the last time we talked, right? I said, and I stressed, I stressed it. I've been stressing it since probably January. 
the quarterback competition, right? I said, be careful of a quarterback competition from the media and that they're going to promote this and they're going to push that. And we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But over the last two weeks, I said, you know, what's the media want to push? What's the media's agenda? And I've already found two of them right off the bat, right? So the first thing that the media was pushing over the last two weeks, more so the first week of training camp, we'll say that, was Matt Judon's contract. Out of the thin air. Yeah, Matt Judon's not practicing with the team, standing on the sideline during drills. Oh, maybe it's a contract negotiation. He's not going to go out there until he gets paid. And it just felt like it was carrying. Like, oh, Judon wants an extension. Judon wants more money. And and like, I see the point. Like, Matt Judon has been carrying like the flag carrier for the New England Patriots over the last two seasons. And Matt Judon, the amount of sacks that he's had over those two seasons, astronomical, top five in the league. I hear some of you out there, and some of you are saying, well, Matt Judon can't finish a season. And you guys are right. Check out his December numbers. They're not that good. But nonetheless, does Matt Judon deserve more money? Yes, I think Matt Judon deserves an extension. But we'll cross that road when we cross that road. But I just felt like it was a shit stir from the media. Let's get Matt Judon involved in his contract. And Asante Samuel's out there talking bullshit. What happens two days later? They give him extra guaranteed money. Let's fix your contract. Hey, instead of $3 million guaranteed, we'll just up it to $14 million guaranteed. Everybody's happy. Judon's happy for now. Patriots are happy for now. Judon goes out there to know that he can play a little worry-free because he could get hurt at any time. His, he's got some miles on himself, on those tires. I, I get it. But now he can play a little bit more relaxed. He's getting paid. Doesn't have to worry. Play your heart out again for a third straight season of the Patriots. Maybe we'll talk about an extension in the offseason. But it just felt like that was the first, like, oh, well, we can't really talk about a quarterback competition right now because there's nothing. Let's, we got to talk about something. So it's Matt Judon, right? Then the big thing. And I'm probably going to repeat this over and over and over again this season. Mike Giardi. Mike Giardi, who was working for NFL Network, who sadly got laid off, has come back to the Patriots beat. He's now working for Boston Sports Journal with Greg Bedard. Mike Giardi has probably the quote, the quote of the season. And we're not even, we were just two weeks into this. Like, probably he said this within the first seven days. The biggest quote that is going to stick with this team, that's going to stick with me the entire season. When he was on NBC Sports Boston with Mike Felger, Mike Felger asked him, Mike Giardi, what have you seen in the first week of training camp? What have you seen from the wide receiver group? What are the names that you're seeing that that, that are sticking out? And he said, I'm seeing stink. Stank and stunk. Stink, stank, stunk. Put that on a shirt. Put that on a hoodie for me. I'll wear it. He completely dives into the Patriots offense saying that they have no wide receiver ones. They have no wide receiver twos. This is a group of wide receiver threes or even lower than that. He went in on them. And I get it. I'm a hot take guy. I'm a rants guy. I get it. But that was, come on. Are you serious? We're just, I, I said this, like, well, tweet, I put it on on Twitter. I said, dude, we're only been one week into this. It's only one week, LOL. And then he wrote back, duh. Mike Giardi wrote back. And I don't get where he was getting at. 
I, I don't get what you're doing. Like, listen, I love bulletin board material, especially when it comes for the Patriots, and that's what it was. That's what it felt like. But it, it gets annoying over and over again because I like spreading these out, these podcasts. I've realized it because there's only so much you can talk about. Whereas their job is to talk about something every single day about the Patriots. And I think it just gets into their head. They're like, oh, well, I'm going to say this line. and This is going to get over with the fans. Like, oh, this will be good. Stink, stink, stunk has now become so popularized because the next day after he said that and it gets aired, that Patriots offense is moving. The wide receivers are moving. You start seeing tweets out there. Demario Douglas makes a, a spectacular catch. Tyquan Thornton makes a catch over here. Booty's getting involved. You see uh, Kendrick Bourne's getting involved. The fact of the matter is, too, that Kendrick Bourne gets interviewed. And Mike Giardi was talking to him, and he brought it up. Devontae Brocker has brought it up. Stink, stink, stunk. And I feel like ever since that comment was made, this offense has actually been clicking. This offense looks good. Maybe that's what they needed. I don't want to thank Mike Giardi and say thank you for doing that. You purpose- He didn't purposely. did. He knew what he was doing. He was trying to shit on this team. It wasn't a motivation thing. But I think that those three words are going to be the motivation maybe that this team needs to look good on offense. Because I want this team to go 3-1 and one to start the season. And I want this offense to look good. And I want to go back and be like, remember it's Stink, Stink, Stunk that's leading this team right now. That Stink, Stink, Stunk, I'm telling you, that I am going to push that for the next two months. If this team can keep it together and keep clicking on offense. But again, another shit stir from the media. Anything they can grasp, let's shit on the whole receiving corpse, and then all of a sudden they're good. Now, uh, let's speak about the wide receiver group. Demario Douglas, is he the real deal? You know, him and Booty getting drafted late in the getting drafted late, and we were thinking like, oh, like Booty was the guy who's getting all the love and the attention, the possible, oh, he could be a first round talent. Douglas was out there, and I know people are already hyped up with Douglas. All the people who get dived in to all the uh, the NFL draft stuff, and they were already hyping him up. And I looked at it as a possible, like when I was with Cliff and we were at Boston Power Hour, we are doing the draft recap. I said, I think this is going to be a guy that could be a, a special teams flyer, someone that they're looking to do kick returns and punt returns. But, I mean, he's leading the Patriots in receptions right now through training camp. You want to start talking about stats, right? I say your day-to-day stats don't mean anything. But the week-to-week stats are starting to pile up now. It's two weeks, and he's leading. I think he has 23 receptions. And Booty's right up there with the receptions. Tyquan Thornton's out there receptions. Another guy that has receptions, Juju Smith-Schuster. There was a lot of talk about him being hurt. Is he even healthy? Is he fat? Did he gain weight? What's going on? I believe he was second, right behind Demario Douglas for reception. So, You're starting to see the offense click a little bit. And now the talk of it. Again, media stirring the pot. Media stirring the pot. Jerry Thornton going out there saying, I think the Patriots have too many receivers and they're going to have an odd man out at some point. And I think it's going to be Kendrick Bourne. Like what? Like Kendrick Bourne is going to get cut from this team? It's not happening. Why do people... Want to keep bringing up this Kendrick Bourne or Devontae Parker getting cut. They did it last year. They're doing it now with Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick's like an automatic lock to make the team. I get that they need depth at the position. 
And the great thing that you're seeing is these guys that are fringe, they're there, they're on the bubble, the DeMario Douglas or the booty, they're stepping up. Tyquan Thornton, on the other hand, the guy that you drafted last year, he's slipping a little bit. Is there too many receivers on this team? Like, can they carry six? Maybe not. That's when the Foxborough flu comes in. Someone's catching that Foxborough flu. Is it Tyquan Thornton? It could be. It's coming off an injury, right? Is it Booty? Is Booty going to catch it? Could be. Because he's coming off of somewhat of an injury too. So it just, just keep it that way as well. Like, it doesn't mean that someone has to get cut. Bill will find a way to put a guy in an IR, you know, push him off to the side to keep him on a practice squad. If there's a will, there's a way, they'll find it. But just to keep out and saying outright, like, yeah, just cut Kendrick Bourne. Like, what are we doing? Why are we saying that? I, I will say this. The Patriots receiving corps have been looking good the last couple weeks. Like this last week, let's just say. The last week. Now, do you have concern of the Patriots secondary? Because we've been seeing the videos. Miles Bryant getting burnt. Christian Gonzalez kind of struggling a little bit out there as well, too. And some people are now like, oh, like maybe he's not the real deal. Hey, rookie's green. He's just trying to learn. He's going to get a lot of these reps. He's going to learn. It's going to take him some time. Will we love him to step up right away and be an instant playmaker? Yes. You got to give it time. So again, the knee-jerk reactions every day. I've been seeing him on Twitter, seeing it on Instagram. There's no need to, no need for it. Just let things kind of develop as they go. There's no need to knee-jerk now. The knee-jerk reactions will come in the next couple weeks, and I will take, I will take it for you guys. Like I'll take it from you. Like again, the joint practices are the big tells of what's going to happen. You're not going to see too much in this preseason. And again, the overall spectrum, too, of the stats piling up, Mac Jones has about a 68 to 69% completion percentage. So he's been looking a little bit better. He's starting to get more fluid in this offense. Just got to execute when the time comes. So moving on here uh, to catch up on things, let's have a Jack Jones update. Jack Jones, the last time I talked, I said, What are some keys that I am looking for in this training camp? And one of the top ones was Jack Jones. How is he going to be able to bounce back after OTAs was done and he's on his way home and his whole gun incident happened at Logan Airport? Well, Jack Jones at first, in the first week, again, the knee-jerk reactions, guys. He didn't look that good. He's, He's with the twos. He's having some trouble early on. Maybe it was in his head. Maybe he was distracted a little bit. But Jack Jones, now as you again, the sample size grows a little bit more. It's two weeks. Leads the team with seven pass breakups. And I thought at the in-stadium practice, Jack Jones was his first time talking to the media. I got He's like, I'll take a couple questions. And he handled himself so well. And maybe he knows something. His court date is coming up August 18th. And maybe he knows in the back of his mind that he's not going to be serving time. That he is going to be on this team. And maybe there's just a little weight off of his shoulders. He tweeted out some cryptic message recently that said, you know, quote, time will time will tell. The information's gonna be out there. You know, time will tell, right? I think Jack Jones is going to be on this team. I think that there's gonna be no further legal issues, I'm sure, whether it's probation or fines or whatever it might be. 
but I thought that there was some maturity in his conversation. If you haven't seen that video, go on Babs on the mic on Instagram. It's there. It's posted. It's about a two-minute clip of the media trying to talk to him about his court case, trying to talk to him, handle himself like a true patriot, a New England patriot. And I want to talk about the Jack Jones thing, too, is I was just at Logan Airport coming back from Detroit. When I was there at Logan, flying, flying out, flying back in, I noticed a lot of these signs that say no weapons. Now, I've done a decent amount of traveling over the years. I feel like I've never seen these signs posted the way they've been posted. They were almost at every single entrance and exit that you could go to when you're first coming in to check in for the gates. And I have it written out here, and I'm going to read it. Because I thought it's interesting. It's like this gun incident obviously turned into a major incident early in the summer. And it's all over the news. And now everyone wants to become a lawyer and they look up the mass state laws and they're trying to figure this out. And everyone's figuring out, oh, how much time is Jack Jones going to get? And then just interestingly, these signs are just magically posted all over Logan Airport. And it says no weapons up to a $14,950 fine and disqualification from TSA pre-check. Firearms must be unloaded and un. And locked into a hard-sided container and transported to check baggage only. All firearms, ammo, and parts and check baggage must be declared at the airline ticket counter during check-in process. Failure to follow procedure may result in fines and arrests. Now, I know some of you out there are saying, well, Jack Jones had certain guns that were illegal to possess, that weren't registered, X, Y, and Z. So that's a different side matter that comes to it in the matter of him having a firearm at the airport and trying to get through security. I just feel like it's going to be a fine probation. He's got a great lawyer. They'll figure out the rest of the stuff about the legality of owning the guns and the ammunition and, and having it loaded and this and that. And it might've been a mistake. That's all going to come out. And I think that they probably have their fall guy already picked out. I'm not too worried. I think that it almost feels like, Jack Jones struggled a little bit, got some good news, and then all of a sudden he's starting to get into the flow of things. And I really, really hope that Jack Jones is able to play this entire season coming up. Christian Gonzalez comes in and finds his own, and it just adds to this defense. I mean, Trey Flowers just re-signed with the Patriots, coming back for a reunion, and and, and fans are acting like this is Aaron Donald coming onto the team. Wow, this Patriots defense is going to be so elite, so elite. Everyone's all excited. And I do think things are going to come together for this Patriots defense. And it does. I think it does start with someone like a Jack Jones making sure he maintains his stay on the New England Patriots. Flipping back to the offense, I want to now bring up Ezekiel Elliott a couple weeks ago. Zeke made a visit to Foxborough. And uh, he went out to eat to dinner. You know, he came and did his stay, and they went out to dinner, and Babs got, to, Babs got the photo. Someone sent it to Babs. Babs, they said, post it out there, put it out there, Babs. So I put the photo out there, and I thought the big funny thing was is that they're sitting on the same side of the table. They probably knew that they were getting photographed, and they're just kind of looking up in the sky. There was plates on the other side. They were waiting for two other people. The other two that were in the video, or in the picture, I mean, are running back coaches. Like, they're other coaches from the Patriots. So, it was just funny to see everybody on Twitter or Instagram trying to dissect the photo and how they're sitting on the same side and this and that. It was funny. The most important thing out about this, about Zeke visiting, is that the Patriots, again, are trying to actively look 
into adding to their offense. There needs to be a complimentary piece with Ramadre Stevenson. I think the entire holdup right now is Dalvin Cook. Has Dalvin Cook signed with the New York Jets yet? I don't think so, right? I, I was listening to Zolak, and he was saying that he thinks that Dalvin Cook might have gotten offered a pretty bad deal by the Jets. Now, Aaron Rodgers took this big pay cut, and the feeling is that he took this pay cut, by the way, $35 million, because he wants to add to the team during the season. A little, like, cryptic there, like, you know, that when the when the time comes during the middle of the season, that's when you got to make a big deal. And I think the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are kind of saying, hey, when the trade deadline comes, we're going to make a big splash. They're going to make a trade. They're going to take something on. But nonetheless, you thought that they'd taken a pay cut to sign Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook hasn't signed yet. I think he's the major domino. Dalvin Cook's the number one running back that people are looking at or teams are looking at. Once he goes, that's when everything falls through. I don't care if it's Dalvin Cook. I do not care if it's Zeke Elliott. I don't care if it's Lenny Fournette. They need another running back. They need somebody back there with Madre Stevenson. Do they trust Pierre Strong? Do they trust Kevin Harris? Sure. What's Ty Montgomery's injury status? I don't know. But I do feel that one of those names would bring something. But how much are you going to pay Zeke Elliott? Because I'm sure they probably only offered him like a one-year to $3 million deal with probably tons of incentives. And Zeke is probably like, not worth it. So I, I don't know what the offers are going to be. It felt like the, between the Patriots and Zeke, they had a good time together. But who knows what the extension is going to be after that. And I think Dalvin Cook's that first domino to fall. And maybe, just maybe, this upcoming preseason game, let's see what our running backs have. Let's see if we actually have to go out and sign somebody. So this upcoming week is going to be a big week for these running backs on the depth chart to see if they want to maintain their stay. Maybe it's just that dangling that that fruit in front of them, right? Hey, we might sign somebody. Hey, we might sign someone. Similar to the DeAndre Hopkins situation. Hey, we might sign Hopkins. Yeah, we might sign Hopkins. We've got Hopkins visiting in here. Maybe that's another spark for the wide receivers on the bubble. Like a Tyquan Thornton a booty or or a a Douglas, a Bourne, a Parker to all step up. You know that, Hey, we, they're probably saying, Hey, Bill, we can do this. We can do this. Same thing with this running back situation. We're going to bring in some names. So I I think that's actually uh, something to look forward to in on Thursday is these, is these running backs, because listen, if they can't get it done, they're going to have to go get somebody the next week. It's speaking about the game on Thursday. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is making his debut in the league against the New England Patriots. And this is great for the Patriots defense. You get the rookie coming in. He's on the road. This is the time for, I know it's going to be a lot of backups playing. It's all backups. But this is the guys that want to make this roster. I mean, on defense especially, where it's so thin on the bubble of who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. This is going to be your time to shine. And I will say this, it's going to be a good early test for the New England Patriots defense because they're going to have to go against Davis Mills. And Davis Mills was a, was a starter in the league all year last year for the Houston Texans. They've seen Davis Mills over the last two years in this league. I understand his record's not that great. Some say he's got some raw talent, but the Patriots will have their hands full between C.J. Stroud and Davis Mills 
when it comes to that. And I, they had their third stringer is Case Keenum. So a lot of experience right there with the backups uh, for the Houston Texans that the Patriots will see on Thursday. So I think it's a big big test for the defense. And when you look on the offense, you know, I've been saying that I really wanted Mac Jones to at least have a driver to this game coming up on Thursday. I'd like to see a little bit from the offense. And it sounds like after practice on Tuesday, doesn't look like Mac Jones is going to start on Thursday. Looks like it's going to be all the backups. It's going to be Bailey Zappi. You'll get a lot of Douglas. You'll probably get a lot of booty. You'll probably get Tyquan Thornton mixed in. I think it's the right move. Because here's the thing. There's no quarterback competition. And I'm sure, again, I talked about this to start this start this podcast today. It's the beat writers and the stirring the pot and trying to get something to talk about. Bailey Zappi's probably going to look decent on Thursday. And all these people are going to come out and say, oh, does Zappi have it still? Is there a quarterback competition? Blah, blah, blah. No. Does it good to have Zappi be good? Yes, because it pushes Mac Jones. Here's the thing. If you put Mac Jones out there on Thursday, and I do want him. I just want to see what he has. But if you do put him out there in the home crowd and Mac Jones goes three and out to start the game or has two drives that stall out for three points and then Bailey Zappi comes in, throws a touchdown, his first drive or his second drive, the fans that are there at that game are going to fucking go crazy for Zappi and they're going to boo Mac Jones and then that's how you start your quarterback comp. Uh, controversy, and we don't want that. I think the smart move is let Zappy just go up there and sling it. Let Zappy, you know, get all those crowd chants out of the way. Let Mac just kind of chill on the side. He's not being benched. We're just protecting him. He's our quarterback one. I think that's actually a smart way to handle it because they only have one home game to deal with, and then it's all Mac after that. Mac leading in the joint practices. Mac better play in Green Bay. For a couple drives, he better play in Tennessee for a couple drives. And make sure you just now stress it that it's Mac's team over the next three to four weeks, right? Before you go back home for the home opener. I'm interested, even though it's the backups, to see what type of offense Bill O'Brien is running out there. You people might not care about it. I do. This is Bill O'Brien going against his former team, the Houston Texans. And some people say, bro, it's just preseason. You're overthinking it. No, not at all. These preseason games still matter for wins and losses in certain ways to these coaches. Example, Josh McDaniels last year, they played in the Hall of Fame game. It was a big deal for Josh McDaniels to be in Canton, Ohio. Because that's where he grew up, right down the street. It was a big deal, a big homecoming. And even though it's the third string and fourth string playing, He wanted to win that game just for that. And I can see it in the same way of Bill O'Brien. You're in Fox, bro. Your first game back in a long time as an offensive coordinator for the Patriots. And you're going against your former team. This would be a good way to kickstart your campaign here in 2023. Showcase what you got on your offense. Don't take your foot off the gas pedal. It's preseason. I get it. They're not playing 100% maybe. Some of these guys are because they do want to make the team. But I think Bill O'Brien's going to take this as serious as a regular season game. So I, I like to keep that in mind. Because the last thing you want, as well too, is this offense to kind of sputter out, not look great, and I get it, it's backups and this and that. You can make your excuses. 
But then now there's going to be question marks. I really hope that this Patriots team plays, I'm not going to say flawless, because there's going to be mistakes. It's preseason. But I want them to go out there and execute. If they can execute on Thursday, build that hype a little bit for this team this upcoming year. Because last year in preseason, although it's preseason, there was not a lot of hype for this team. There was not a lot of something they like, oh, they, they're, they're going to be good this year. I, I want to see that. You want to see that out of the team. So get it out there early. Just show something. That's something you guys got to be looking at. And and afterwards, even if Bailey Zappi has a great game, I'm sure someone's going to twist it and say, oh, like, you know, he's they're going to twist it around and all that and say, like, Bailey Zappi's going to compete for Mac Jones. No, it's not going to happen like that. And I got I to gotta turn this on, turn this off so I get some lighting in here. All right, here we go. Well, 28 minutes, and this is our catching up right here. I mean, we're pretty much done. I got one more thing to talk about. Uh, and Joe Croft on Instagram reached out to me and asked a question, said I'd take a question from somebody. And his question was, let me pull it out. You hear my, got all my noise in the background. You know how I do this. After, um, after what we've seen this offseason, do you think Belichick's goal for this season is to get back to elite defense and special teams play and hope that a well-coached, mediocre offense can get them back to wildcard weekend? I have faith in the team. Just wondering if it's enough to compete in the AFC. And I think I sat on this question, Joe, and I, I've been thinking about it. And I think that the Bill, Bill Belichick has been focusing back on defense. Um, and it's always been about elite defense for him. But I, I feel like it was out with the old and in with the new. And now at this point, I mean, last year, it's defense carried him. But the last several years, the defense has crumbled at the very end. And I don't know if last year it's because Bill has to focus more on the offense. Uh, the year before that, I don't know. They, I felt like the defense completely crumbled because maybe they feel like they're just carrying the team. I wouldn't say that this offense is going to be mediocre. It's just about executing. It's about not making boneheaded mistakes. Not knowing when to call timeouts. Um... Knowing what formations you're putting out there. What you're going against. Not arguing in the fucking red zone like they did last year in Vegas. That happened with Mac Jones getting pissed off. I think that the best thing for right now for the Patriots is that I'm hoping Belichick is just letting Bill O'Brien do his thing. He's putting a lot of trust. I mean, that's someone he knows that came into the system. Was an offensive coordinator already for the Patriots. That became a head coach. The Houston Texans, which I don't know why people keep shitting on Bill O'Brien saying he's an awful coach. Because what has the Houston Texans done between Bill O'Brien's tenure? A little bit prior to him and after him. Yes, in 2020, it ended sour. They lost four straight games. They fired him. But Bill O'Brien is the reason, one of the reasons. I know it's the players too, but why they've won multiple divisions and they kept going to the playoffs. It's Bill O'Brien's coaching. So I feel like, plus is, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien went to Bama. I, there's a lot of trust in Bill O'Brien to say, you focus on that side. I got the special teams in defense. We haven't really talked about at all right now tonight about special teams, the kicking situation, special teams. I know some have reached out to me about that. I've heard the Behringer uh, punter, that his hang time has been ridiculous. 
I've heard the kicker has been pretty automatic, booming, booming kicks. I mean, there's only so much that you can talk about. Let me see it in a game. Let, let's see it when the preseason comes. Like Thursday is a big, big deal for both the punter and the kicker. That's what you want to see. I, I, I don't talk about it too much because I have enough trust in Belichick that he's finding the right guys already. I mean, look at his... Just look at what he's done over the last several years. I mean, you, you lose Venetary, he's got Goskowski. You lose Goskowski, you bring in Nick Folk. Like, you might have a little competition in between to find the right guy. He's found the right guy. When you come to punting, it's like you get a, a guy like Mesco. And you go from a guy like Mesco, and then you got a guy like a, a Jake Bailey that comes in. And now Jake Bailey sucks. All right, I'm going to find another guy. And another guy's going to come in and do his job. I mean, they've had plenty of great punters over the over the years as well, too. So I just never worried about it. It's not like I have to talk about it because it's it's not that big of a deal. Big deal when we're watching preseason and you're seeing issues. Then all right, we have a, we have a big deal, and that can get discussed. I have faith, Joe. I have faith that if you want to say this is going to be a mediocre offense and elite defense, it's going to be enough to at least grab a wild card spot. The first four games are going to be the tell of your season, Joe. You gotta go two and two. I'm not hitting the panic button after one and three. Oh and four, you're 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 pretty much down and out. It's gonna be hard to recover from something like that. If you look at a lot of the other teams in the first four games, a lot of them have tough schedules. It actually would not shock me if the entire AFC East is two and two after the first four games. A lot of tough games in the first four games for the entire AFC East. So you just got to stay on par with them. Could there be other teams that are 4-0, and 3-1, and you're looking at that saying, oh, like it's going to be hard to catch up with them? Focus on your division. Try to maintain your division because this could be a division, crazy to say this, that 10-7 and 7 wins you the division. A lot of tough games for all four teams. So we'll see what ends up happening again. To wrap this kind of all up for the Patriots talk, you got to give it more of a sample size. You don't need to knee-jerk react. This upcoming game on Thursday will be a good tell for certain things. What I'm looking at is how Bill O'Brien's offense is executing. How does this defense look against C.J. Stroud, Davis Mills, Case Keenum? I mean, this defense has all... uh, uh, Lastly, too. The big important piece, and I'm sorry that it took me so long to get here because maybe I didn't want to talk about it. Maybe I'm trying to suppress it, but holy shit, if you want to talk about Babs over the two weeks, what is the worst thing that's going on for the Patriots? What is something that I'm hitting the panic button on? It's the offensive line, and I've seen these videos that have come out Mac Jones hits Tyquan Thorin and he hits Demario Douglas and this guy's getting a touchdown. When you just watch the line itself, and I get it, the beat reporters are out there and they're it's just a guessing game. That could have been that could have happened, that could have happened. That offensive line looks like they're gonna give up a lot of sacks this season. You gotta maintain Mac Jones to stay in that pocket. So I'm I'm interested in Bill O'Brien's offense because Mac's going to have to get the ball out as quick as possible. And we've seen that with Brady, right? That's what you got out of Brady. That's what you need out of Mac. It's got to be you snap the ball and you're out in like two seconds. So, like, I- I'm wondering what kind of 
I, I don't think this if you if Mac is stuck in that pocket for too long, he's gonna it's gonna fall on it on his face, man. I don't trust the offensive line right now. I mean, Trent Brown has already come out saying that he's a cart. It's like that's what we want to see right now in training camp that you're saying that. Um, can David Andrews last the entire season too? That's gonna be another question. So when we talk about depth, we're talking about holding six wide receivers. It's like you got to really focus on that offensive line. And I'm hoping that, and maybe they're hoping they're seeing somebody out there and other teams that might get cut. There might be teams that have too many offensive linemen. There might be something they bring in. I think it's going to be a revolving door all season. And if there's going to be a downfall in this team that costs them games, it could end up being the offensive line as a whole. I think everything else is going to look fluid. I'm not worried about the, the defense, not worried about that secondary, not worried about special teams. Personally, not worried about the wide receiver corps. Not worried about the tight ends. I would like them to get another running back. They talked about Zeke Elliott coming in, doing pass blocking as well, too. Great pass blocker. Worried about that offensive line. How are they going to hold up all season long? How's that going to affect Mac Jones? And we're going to see it right away with Bailey Zappi on Thursday. So we'll, we'll go from there. I, I, they, they, it, it does not look good right now. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Uh, we'd like to keep this under 40 minutes. And this is the most perfect thing. So I'm going to end it like this. Hope to keep talking to you guys. Probably do something on Friday. Talk to you again on Friday. And just uh, kind of wrap up the, the first game of the season. And what we saw. And then we just go from there. We got joint practices after that. You got another game. Um, and then that's it. We're going right to the season again. Cliff Notes Project. Cliff Bonet and myself are reuniting Monday, August 21st. We will be live in studio. So every Monday going forward from August 21st for the entire season, back live in studio. It will be on YouTube on the Cliff Notes Project. It'll be live on Twitter, on Babs and the Mic. And then, of course, I'll be posting clips and stuff throughout the week. And I will still be on this solo show by myself pretty much right after game day. Like right after the game's over, probably record something the night of, release it right away. That way you're getting my probably drunken takes or whatever it might be uh, of what's happened during the game. And that's kind of how we're going to flow this, this year for the season. So you'll be hearing a lot from me. But until then, uh, by the way, the last minute here is had a great time at SummerSlam. I went out there. Thank you for the plugs, everybody out there. Um, I had four tickets to SummerSlam. I've been planning this for about a couple months now. I bought my flight early on. All my buddies bailed on me. So here's the power of doing the Instagram stuff. Here's a little background story here. Um, You know... Nobody came out with me. It is what it is. I went solo out there to Detroit. I've been kind of quiet about things that I've been doing and stuff like that. I got stuff going on in the background um, that have got my more attention, you know, the family stuff and whatnot. I posted in the morning that I was on my way to Detroit. I, and I said, this is a jam-packed month. I had Detroit for SummerSlam. We got the, the, you know, the Patriots preseasons here. We got uh, my kid's birthday coming up, third birthday, August 18th. Same day as Jack Jones court date. Um, then you got Denver at the end of the month. Going to go out and see Stiddy out there in Denver. And then all of a sudden, boom, 
It's the Patriots' uh, first game of the season. And we got Cliff Notes coming back in with, with, with the Boston Power Hour. Busy month. I made a post about that. Someone reached out to me, and uh, Jacob, and he just said, hey, like I live an hour and a half away from Detroit. I actually bought nosebleed seats like just like last night. Me and my buddy are coming out. So I sat on that, and then later in the day, I get to Detroit. Tickets drop on my account by noon. I noticed I had floor seats. So uh, I didn't know what my tickets were going to be until I was there. I reached right out to Jacob. I said, listen, sell your seats. Just come with me. Let's have a good time. So, I mean, that's just the power of, uh, of what, you know, the social media stuff. And, you know, it, it could just be one person that has followed me for a couple years. I know some of you out here listen to me each week religiously. Um, sometimes it's just opportunities come up. And it was, I felt like it was a great way to give back to someone that follows me and that has, uh, has been in my corner for a long time. So these things just happen at random. And I've met so many great people doing this over the years that have taken care of me or I've taken care of them in certain ways. And I hope to keep paying it back every so often as, as much as I can as possible. You know, um, I'm sure there'll be more opportunities down the line where you never know where I might be, what I might have in my possession that I'd like to try to give back to you guys and just share a cool moment. So I had a great time out there at SummerSlam and I, and I, Hope to do some more traveling for the for the wrestling community. Uh, it's it's great to be back into it and get into it again, and it's it's been fantastic. Philadelphia WrestleMania in April coming up too. So again, I'm I'm excited for this upcoming Patriot season. The first three to four weeks are going to be insane. You get your two home games. I cannot wait to get down to MetLife. I'm telling anybody out there that's close to MetLife Stadium. That lives. It, it's worth a three and a half hour drive. Get down there, Ramon. Red Sox mania. His tailgate is absolutely amazing. We'll post about it during the week, leading up to it. Y- you won't regret it. That's gonna. It's that pr- that pregame tailgate is gonna make you get excited for that game, and hopefully the Patriots get the win out there as well too. That's it. I'm wrapped up. I'm done. I'll rant on forever. This has been episode twenty five. Babs on the mic. I'll see you guys Friday.